Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Script. This is episode 408 for your Tuesday, February 1st, 2022. I am JD from New York, and behind me, as you guys know, is the OTS venue. Thank you for joining me on your Tuesday afternoons, wherever you may be, whether it's on YouTube or iTunes, Spotify, and my new home, with Blue Wire Podcasts. We got a lot to get into today, man. There is a ton. 
of Royal Rumble news, and it's not of the good variety. It is actually very depressing. We're going to go over all of the news that have come out in the last 48 to 72 hours since we were removed from one of the worst Royal Rumbles, both men and women Royal Rumbles, that we've ever seen. Very boring. There's reasons why everything was a complete disaster on Saturday night. Why we felt the way that we did after the show went off the air. It is nothing more than a complete mess within WWE right now. And WrestleMania season is going to be very rocky. It is going to be a very, very long, bumpy road to WrestleMania in Dallas, Texas. We will go over all of that. We got news on Shane McMahon. We got news on who was supposed to win the Royal Rumble. Then it was later retracted. Was Brock Lesnar scheduled to be the winner of the Royal Rumble? How long was Drew McIntyre supposed to be? In the Royal Rumble. Who produced the Royal Rumble? Or I should say, who sabotaged the Royal Rumble? I got news on Ronda Rousey. I got news on Charlotte Flair. I got news on Seth Rollins. Elimination Chamber. Strap yourselves in, guys. It's going to be a very, very big newsworthy episode of Off the Script. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206, that's Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. If you guys missed any of the content that I've uploaded myself in the last 72 hours, make sure you guys go and do that. We Obviously, we got Friday Night SmackDown going on into Saturday's Royal Rumble show. Thank you to everybody once again for making the Royal Rumble post-show live on Off The Script. One of the most watched in recent memory. We had almost 5,300 Live viewers here on the podcast Saturday night. We still had almost 4,000 people on the show going into the wee hours of the morning around 3 a.m. There were still almost 4,000 people watching the podcast, man. That is truly, truly amazing. It is tremendous. The support that you guys show the podcast. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you so very much. If you missed my thoughts on the Royal Rumble... It is live on the homepage. Go and check that out. We were live for Monday Night Raw last night. For what I thought was a semi-decent Monday Night Raw, the show had meaning. The show had importance to it, being that we got Elimination Chamber qualifying matches. Some had to qualify. Some didn't, which didn't make any sense. And I ranted about that. We talk about Brock Lesnar being in the Elimination Chamber. Bobby Lashley defending the WWE title inside the Elimination Chamber. Why I don't like either of those scenarios. And how I would book the Elimination Chamber, being that AJ Styles and Matt Riddle proved to be two of the biggest, I would say, fan favorites in that Elimination Chamber to walk out victorious and walk out the new WWE Champion. We book it all. We book it all. We book the WWE title situation going on into WrestleMania, as we all are pretty much in the know that Brock Lesnar will be challenging Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. We don't know if it's going to be just for that title, or if it's going to be a title versus title, possible unification, possible ending of the brands, but we don't know. But Lesnar's in there. We talk about it all on Monday night. Go and check it out. That is also on the homepage right now if you missed any of that content. Uh, obviously, you guys know the thumbs up situation. I mean, hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes minimum on YouTube today for episode 408. Go get your t-shirts. Bonfire is the place. Bonfire.com, the exclusive home. 
of Off the Script. And make sure you guys go check out my sponsor for today's show, which is Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash scripts. I know you guys love free shit. I know you do. And I'm giving you guys 30 days free of Audible service and one free audiobook of your choice. With over 200,000 choices to choose from, the choices are endless. So make sure you guys go and get that offer. It's a great deal. AudibleTrial.com slash script. And I want to thank them, as always, for being a great friend and a family member right here to the podcast on Off The Script. All right, man, let's start at the top. WWE obviously touting because they know the reaction to the Royal Rumble has been overwhelmingly negative. So WWE, in typical defensive mode, they go into touting all of their record-breaking accolades coming out of St. Louis for the Royal Rumble. WWE is actually touting the second-highest gate in Royal Rumble history, record amount of merchandise sales for Saturday night. This past Saturday's Royal Rumble was not only a big show for WWE, which in the end dropped the ball tremendously, it also starts the roll the, the road to WrestleMania, and it's also great for business. This is WWE's money-making season, and it all starts with the Rumble. WWE gave some business metrics to the Sports Business Journal to tout the success of the show on Saturday night. The event drew a sellout crowd of 44,390 from the Dome at America's Center in St. Louis, Missouri, which marks the second most attended WWE event since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Last year's SummerSlam event was held at Allegiant Stadium, and that holds the record since WWE returned to the road with live audiences. WWE also had its second highest gate in the 35-year history of the Royal Rumble regarding some of the merchandise sales on top of the live gate. This show delivered a record amount of sales in the history of the Royal Rumble. It also marks one of the worst Royal Rumble matches for both men and women in its said 35-year history. So no matter how much money they make, we'll be here to tell you that uh, your show wasn't all that good. And the road to WrestleMania got off to a terrible start. The best sellers as far as merchandise is concerned. Bad Bunny, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and Ronda Rousey. Wow, man, WWE really creating some new stars, man. Bad Bunny, man, what a rookie he is, right? Where's the active roster and the new talent that WWE is pushing? You get a sense that WWE doesn't push anybody if you're not in the know. All you got to do is look at the merchandise sales. Simple. WWE's not pushing or building new stars at all. Ronda Rousey, Bad Bunny, Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. Yes, the normal, the usuals. But it's the same shit every fucking year. I get tired of reporting it. WWE had various surprises take place on the show. Ronda Rousey returned. She won the Women's Royal Rumble. After dropping the WWE title earlier in the night to Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar won the Men's Royal Rumble match to semi-part-time superstars. It's awesome. It's awesome. I wonder why people are upset about the Royal Rumble on Saturday night, man. I'm, I'm having a very difficult time figuring that one out. Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon, he's talked about all week. All week, Shane McMahon's been talked about. He's going to show back up in WWE at the Royal Rumble. 
After Royal Rumble, he's going to be a regular recurring character on the show all the way through WrestleMania. He's going to be a heel. He's going to be doing this. Plans for Shane McMahon in the Elimination Chamber. Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. Yada, yada, yada. Blah, blah, blah. It all started off with rumors earlier last week about Shane McMahon showing back up in WWE. PW Insider was the first to report that Shane McMahon will be a heel in WWE, and will be returning to Monday Night Raw regularly. Now, there's no word on who he will be feuding with. The names I'm going to throw at you are pretty sad to be real with you guys. Sad, pathetic. I don't know why we're still in this same boat with Shane McMahon. We need a McMahon at WrestleMania. We need Shane McMahon, my son, Bruce, on the show. Why are we still... In this circus of the McMahons getting a match on the show. I I don't get it. I'll talk about that in a second. I don't want to jump ahead. So the rumor was McMahon's going to be in the Rumble, which he was. He drew a late number. I'm surprised he didn't book himself to fucking be the Iron Man of the Royal Rumble. He was in the Royal Rumble. He didn't really do much of anything. He eliminated Kevin Owens in a very, very pathetic situation. Then there was rumors that Shane would be scheduled for the Elimination Chamber in February in Saudi, and then again at WrestleMania. He did return at the Royal Rumble, like I said, and was in the final four of the men's Royal Rumble match. Possibly one of the worst final fours we've seen in a very long time. Prior to the Rumble, the last time he wrestled was at WrestleMania 37 against... uh, Wee! Ah, stupid! (laughs) In that whole fucking angle with... uh, Strowman, right, or Titan, as he's calling himself now. Presumably, his return to Raw will build, whenever that may be. It didn't happen last night. Presumably, his return to Raw is going to build to a match at WrestleMania. Maybe WWE is holding off on Shane McMahon until after the Elimination Chamber. That will give them enough time to tell whatever story they need to tell because you know WWE doesn't have the brain power. To take a Shane McMahon and whoever feud and build it over two months. That would be absolutely excruciating after what we saw him and Strowman do all those weeks leading to their match last year. Awful. Now that was earlier in the week and on into the Royal Rumble. Then the news started to leak out that Shane McMahon was the mastermind behind the Royal Rumble. Shane McMahon made his return to the Royal Rumble, was a part of the Final Four, and was the main guy who produced and laid out the 2022 men's Royal Rumble match. Ringside News reports that there is a substantial amount of heat on Shane McMahon who was also given the role of lead writer and producer of this year's 2022 Men's Royal Rumble match. McMahon's actions were said to be the talk of people in WWE on Sunday after the Rumble and Monday in the offices of Titan Tower. Ringside News was told by a tenured member of the creative team. And ringside news, when they report an exclusive, I don't give a shit what you say about them. They got a bad rep from somebody. They ruined somebody's day, apparently, at some point or another in the past. They get their exclusives rights. 
This was reported by everybody. Meltzer, Alvarez, Sapp, and PW Insider. So they got the news from Ringside News. So this is all legit. A tenured member of the creative team said that Shane McMahon and Jamie Noble produced this year's Royal Rumble match. Now, Joseph Park, a.k.a. Abyss, Sean Devari, and Adam Pearce were also there. But their involvement was needed due to how many people were in the match. Chris Park, Sean Devari, Adam Pearce were all involved, but they were there because of the number of participants in one match. So it was Noble and McMahon and the other men were there because it was a large number of individuals that they were writing, producing, and creatively uh, going to attack for. So... That's exactly why they needed some extra manpower. There was a lot of guys in that Royal Rumble. They needed to attack the creative process. And I guess more brains and more manpower was a good thing as a potential backup. Maybe they had ideas that uh, McMahon and Jamie Noble were not thinking of. This is why we have a team. This is why we have a bunch of different minds and, and ears and eyes in the company. It can't all rely on one man. There are a lot of messages to carry, clearly. Shane and Jamie Noble were the lead producers. One source on the creative team reportedly said that McMahon, and I quote, openly buried Jamie Noble and that he tried to book the Royal Rumble match around himself. Why would he go and do that? Shane McMahon hasn't been on TV since last year's WrestleMania. Why does he need to go and produce the Rumble and then make it about himself? What changed from this year to the years prior when McMahon was a staple for the last couple of years of producing and giving his ideas to make the Royal Rumble match better? Now, I don't know what you guys thought of the last couple of Royal Rumbles the one where McIntyre won the Royal Rumble and Lesnar came into the match and dominated it as WWE champion, drawing number one, that was a great Royal Rumble. That was a great Royal Rumble. Whoever was in charge of that, Shane McMahon was a part of that. You also want to know who else was a part of that? Triple H was a part of producing that Royal Rumble. Triple H was a part of producing that Royal Rumble. I'll get to that in just a second. Openly buried Jamie Noble, and he tried to book the Rumble match around himself. It was also noted that McMahon was confrontational, and he was adamant about putting himself over. It was described by Ringside News that he was fighting with people to do so. The Ringside News source said that McMahon had the entire locker room angry after he was fighting everyone and booking himself to be in the final group of wrestlers left in the match. A source reportedly said, and I quote, when Shane is more impactful in the Royal Rumble than Big E or Kevin Owens, people who don't normally complain are complaining loudly today, end quote. The final four in the men's Rumble, if you guys are not aware, Brock Lesnar, Bad Bunny, Drew McIntyre, and Shane McMahon. That sounds fucking sad. That sounds fucking sad. I don't know. I don't know how to attack giving you guys an opinion on this. Am I surprised? No. 
It seems like it's a fucking disease that runs throughout the McMahon family. They are allergic to putting over new talent. They're allergic to putting over new talent. And all they want to do is make sure that the McMahon name is up front and center when it comes to everything WWE related. Vince is running creative into the ground and Vince doesn't give a shit about doing right or wrong on the show as long as it's his vision. He blocks out everybody else's opinion. The only opinions that he gives a shit about are Kevin Dunn and Bruce Prichard. That is it. He doesn't give a fuck about anybody watching the show. He doesn't give a shit about the the roster that he employs. He doesn't give a shit about the fans. He doesn't care about the, the history of everything he's created. The Royal Rumble is rich with a 35-year history, and he had his son blatantly sabotage a 35-year tradition in 2022 with the Royal Rumble. I don't know how to feel about that. Am I surprised? No. I thought we all expected Shane McMahon to be the cooler McMahon, the McMahon that understood us on a more personal level. He vibed with the fan base. I don't don't get that, and nobody's going to get that ever from Vince McMahon and the fucking morons he's got in his circus. We all thought Shane McMahon was somebody that we could really level with, that he would be interested in hearing our thoughts, that Shane McMahon would have different ideas that would maybe enhance the show over what his father usually brings to the table. We all thought that. After this report, I don't think anybody is ever going to trust Shane McMahon again. Now, I want to throw this out there. I don't know. Shane McMahon hasn't been in WWE in a creative capacity for a very long time. Only the Royal Rumble. He has nothing else to do. Every year he comes back seemingly for the Royal Rumble because it's the start of WrestleMania season and we got to get our token Shane McMahon match. So Vince puts him in charge on a team with the Royal Rumble producers. Is it a possibility that Shane McMahon is so fucking upset? And this this really falls on Vince McMahon as well because clearly he doesn't A, give a shit or B, he didn't read the script to give enough shit about what was happening on the show. All he cared about was, is Brock Lesnar winning? Yep, all right, that's it. Just make sure Brock Lesnar wins. I don't give a shit about what happens 1 through 29. I could see Vince McMahon feeling that way. As long as his vision and his winner gets him to where he wants to be at WrestleMania. Is it a possibility that Shane McMahon sabotaged the Royal Rumble because he's frustrated with the company? I don't know. It's not likely at all because those are 29 fucking guys that he's been given responsibility over. Why would he Why would he openly bury the entire match with some of the biggest names on that roster in it? I don't, I don't understand it. Is he frustrated with the company? Is he frustrated with the vision of his father? Is he frustrated with management that he was given this role and he kind of overstepped his boundaries? Everybody else is getting buried on a monthly, weekly basis. So I'm going to put myself over. Nobody really matters. I'm the biggest name outside Brock Lesnar in this match. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I'm a McMahon. Maybe he's just fed up. I don't know. I don't know. 
Shane McMahon sabotaging the Royal Rumble is fucking pathetic. And do you want to know why the Royal Rumble was as bad as it's ever been this year? Shane McMahon is a big proponent of that. But Triple H was a part of the last couple of Royal Rumbles. His creative input was respected. His creative input was given during these great Royal Rumble matches. Some of his vision played out on what we saw in these last couple of years in the Royal Rumble. Would Shane McMahon be openly doing that? What he did this year if Triple H was on the team of producers for the Royal Rumble? I don't think so. I don't think Triple H would have allowed Shane McMahon to do what he did in the Royal Rumble. When you sit on the throne and you're given the keys to part of the kingdom, you will abuse power. It seems like it's a fucking thing in this company to be given power, any kind of power. And most of the time when those individuals are given power, they fucking abuse that power for selfish reasons. There's not one single fucking person in this entire company And you can tell me how Triple H has buried talent. You can tell me how Triple H has ended careers and has done nefarious things here and nefarious things there. Fine. We all know Triple H was a scumbag who tried to bypass the system and be selfish more than anybody else in the history of this fucking company. Fine. Fine. I know what he's done. I heard the stories. I read the news. I know about Triple H. I'm talking about this version of Triple H. Maybe you don't like this version of Triple H. Maybe you think Triple H used NXT to really kind of rebuild these bridges of all the past relationships that he's fucking destroyed. And he wants to get back into the good graces of people. And that's why he created NXT. The stories I've heard about Triple H in regards to NXT, how some people don't feel bad about him. That's your opinion. That's your opinion. I respect Triple H for what he's did to NXT and what he's done for NXT because NXT was some of the best WWE-produced shows. The product of NXT was some of the best shit that WWE has ever, in its history, given us. If you don't agree with that, there's the fucking door. Get the fuck out. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Triple H would have never allowed Shane McMahon to do what he did. Triple H is the only guy that really nurtured, cared for, and wanted the talent to succeed. Triple H is one of the primary reasons why the Royal Rumble fell flat on its face this year. Shane McMahon sabotaging the Royal Rumble is a fucking disgrace. 
a fucking disgrace. If I'm Vince, not even Vince, if I'm the roster, I'm going to management. I don't want Shane booking the Royal Rumble. Did you see the reaction that everybody gave the company after the Royal Rumble and how disappointed they were? Why does Shane McMahon get to be in the Final Four? Why is Bad Bunny in the Final Four? WWE has shown you, yet there are people out there that willingly, willingly defend this company to their last dying breath. If you think Bad Bunny is the right creative move to have him featured in the Final Four along with Shane McMahon, oh, but Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre were there. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. If Bad Bunny and Shane McMahon is your idea of a Final Four, if you don't know the fucking importance of the Final Four in the Royal Rumble, it's grown into this thing. It's a very important spot in the Royal Rumble. It's probably the most important spot next to the number 30 position. Because that's the biggest, oh, who's going to come out? Who's the last one? Is it going to be a big name? Is it going to be a big return? Is it going to be somebody not even employed with the company? That is a very important role. And the fact that it went to Bad Bunny and Shane McMahon, you, you don't have a problem with that? You could have built up any name to be in that Final Four. What happened to the days of drawing number one through five and then lasting all the way till the end and being in the Final Four? Just by that notion alone, you've made a, uh, you made a new superstar. That's what I'm talking about, having somebody built in the Royal Rumble and giving them a spotlight. It's something that they could carry on into television for months. Hey, this guy was in the Final Four. He lasted about 57 minutes in the Royal Rumble. You think that's something to fucking sneeze at? No, but Shane McMahon was given that opportunity. Why? Why? If I'm Vince McMahon, not even Vince McMahon, if I'm the roster, I'm speaking up. And Vince is clearly the one to blame because, and Bruce is as well, because this went through fucking order of generals back there. It started from the fucking match that was laid out. Obviously, Bruce had to oversee it. Bruce was okay with it because Vince was okay with it. And if Bruce is okay with it, Vince is going to okay it. Because Bruce does what Vince wants. So at the end, Vince should really be the one to look over this shit and deem, nah, it's not right. But everything everything got okayed. Everything got okayed in this particular situation. The Rumble failed. The Rumble failed. And not only did it fail us fans, it failed the locker room. Backstage morale was down after Vince McMahon made several changes to the Royal Rumble matches themselves. PW Insider reports via a number of sources in the company that there was frustration over constant changes made over the past week to the Royal Rumble matches. The feeling is that All of the constant changes, the reason why the quality of the Rumble matches was down from previous years. You know, I'm going to go back to the Triple H thing. You know, Triple H was a huge integral part of the last couple of Royal Rumbles. Why is there such chaos when it comes to the Royal Rumble match? And additionally, if Vince McMahon actively seeked to remove Triple H from power for whatever political gain that he gained from this. He now seized full control of NXT. He removed Triple H from all power creatively because he failed to defeat AEW, though it wasn't 
Triple H's fault. It was all an initiative brought down upon him by Vince McMahon. You guys know the story. If what I'm seeing here is Vince McMahon completely in charge and delegating things and wanting things and changing things, the day of the Royal Rumble with a staggering number of 20 is what I heard. 20 different changes made over the course of the week for the Royal Rumble. That tells me that Vince McMahon doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Nobody can be that indecisive. Nobody. It is a very easy thing. Come the Royal Rumble, it is a very easy thing to book the Royal Rumble and choose a winner. That's it. I don't know why there needed to be 20 changes. What did you change 20 times over the course of the week? What? What could have possibly been so bad that you needed to change 20 different fucking times? Triple H, I don't think Triple H would have done that. I think Triple H would have got with his team, come up with something, and attacked. Meanwhile, we got Vince McMahon and his team, and it sounds like they're fucking clueless. So just by this alone, and this is a regular thing on a weekly basis. To this extent, this is one of the worst I've ever heard, it being this bad. So what I'm reading here is that Triple H and his creative vision and his creative team and his creative process is better than what Vince McMahon has done for the Royal Rumble. Is that what I'm hearing? Is that what I'm seeing? I don't know why Triple H was removed from power. The more people you have like that that know what they're doing, the better the show will be. If it's all run and being changed constantly 20 times over the course of the week by one man, how do you think the roster is going to feel? They get one idea, and then they get it changed on them. That happened 20 different fucking times. Can you imagine knowing what you're doing and who you're eliminating, where you're coming out, how you're going to get eliminated, when you're going to get eliminated, how long you're going to be in there? Is there anything that's going on with me that's going to build towards wrestling? Can you imagine getting all these different ideas and then having it changed 20 different fucking times? to start all over again and get with everybody else on what exactly needs to be done. You think that's going to bring good morale to the locker room? Everybody's walking on eggshells. Everybody's walking on uncertainty. That doesn't make for a very happy locker room during what should be the happiest time of the year. 20 different times over the course of the week. There were some spots that were changed and discarded. There were also changes made to eliminations, order of entrance, and there were changes made to how some of the talent interacted at different points during the match. Even worse for the men's Royal Rumble match is that Kofi Kingston's daredevil spot was badly mistimed, and he was eliminated earlier than he was supposed to, and that forced them to cancel spots that were planned for him and Big E. That's what they get. They want to ride the same fucking ride over and over and over again. At some point, it's going to malfunction. There were so many changes made to the women's Royal Rumble match, and that led to people being frustrated throughout the day because there were so many moving parts to keep up with. It was described as a confusing hodgepodge of things that some people needed to remember or get out of their brain if an idea was scrapped. That doesn't sound like it's a very pleasant evening at the office at all. It was noted that Vince McMahon was deeply involved in every aspect of the pay-per-view, and morale was very down. One talent said, we were all in a whirlwind, just like everybody else. You had your role and your spots down. Everything started over and over and over, and now most of us were back to square one. 
It changed again and again and again. It wasn't an easy night even before we hit the ring. Several names were even brought into the Royal Rumble and ended up not being used as well. What a shit show, man. What a complete shit show. And like I said, I'm going to go backtrack to the Triple H idea. The reason why he was there all those years is because not only did he have a vision for these matches, he's been in plenty of them himself. He knows the psychology. He knows what needs to be done. He knows what would work, right? To have somebody that's been ingrained in the Royal Rumble match and has won Royal Rumble matches himself, I don't get why he wouldn't be a part of this. It should be an all-hands-on-deck situation. Not only that, and I don't want to make this a Triple H love fest, but he also is Papa H. That term didn't come out of thin air. He was always the type of guy that would go into the locker room and be that shoulder for people to vent their frustrations to. They don't have that anymore. You think Bruce Pritchard's doing that? You think John Laurinaitis is doing that? You think anybody on Vince McMahon's team is doing that? You think any of the producers are doing that? The producers have no power. They're told what to do. Lay out this match. Let me go over it. If I don't like it, I'm changing it. They have no power. Nobody has any power except Vince McMahon's circus. The morale in WWE's locker room Saturday night at the Royal Rumble was heavily affected by Triple H not being there. And that was reported also by PW Insider and Ringside News. Ringside News reported that there is a ton of heat on Shane McMahon. PW Insider also backed this up and stated additionally that sources told them that Triple H not being there for the first time in years was also a factor as to why things fell apart. He was not there because he's dealing with health issues. I'm sorry, he's dealing with health issues? Meanwhile, this guy's going on TV shows and being interviewed and he's taking tours like a fucking secondhand office fucking uh, runner, right? Following all the suits and ties into WWE's new construction site for their new headquarters being built this year. So he still has health issues, right? Is that what the media, is that what these journalists want you to think? Triple H is not there, not because of health issues. Triple H is not there because he was stripped of every ounce of power that he once had. He's not there because of health issues. If Vince wanted him back, he'd have him back. Vince doesn't want him back. Tired of this narrative. I'm sorry. If it was up to Triple H, I'm sure he'd want to be back. But he's not. And morale suffered. And the Rumble suffered because he wasn't there. For the first time in years, he hasn't been there. For previous Royal Rumbles, he would be involved in an advisory role and would make changes to accentuate certain talents. Like I said, he would also make sure there were little moments in the match to boost overall presentation of the match. It was said that his absence was absolutely felt. Awful. I, 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 I can't stand. I can't stand reading something like that. They absolutely fucking sabotaged the Royal Rumble. If there's one thing that you've learned up until this point, it's that the McMahons need to fucking go. Every single fucking one of them. Stephanie can stay. 
She may be the most normal of them all. Shane, Vince need to go. They need to go. The Royal Rumble was sabotaged. Shane had absolute power over everything in the Royal Rumble match. Vince gave Shane the keys to the kingdom and it fucking backfired. Is Vince McMahon going to blame his son? Probably. He's blamed him for things in the past before many times before. But it all falls on Vince McMahon because he did not allow Triple H to be there. So what does this tell you? The McMahons are fucking clueless that Triple H, even in his absence, even after being stripped of every ounce of power, has been right. Triple H has been right even after NXT's death. Triple H has been right. It's amazing. In fact, it's sad and beautiful at the same fucking time. It's sad because we don't have his vision. And it's beautiful because these fucking people think they knew what they were doing. They thought they knew what they were doing. They thought, ah, let's get them out. Things will be our way, the right way. And it actually is the opposite. It's a beautiful thing and a sad thing at the same time. It was absolutely felt says sources. Tyson Kidd, TJ Wilson, Natalia Neidhart's wife, uh, husband, rather. He's married to Natalia. He usually takes a big role in producing the women's matches and helping them during re- uh, rehearsals. He was not involved in the process this year, and he hasn't been around in we- recent weeks, but is still officially with the company. Dave Fit Finley was brought in from NXT to help produce the women's rumble, since he had been a big help with the division in the past. PW Insider said that not having Levesque or Wilson in their roles was a big factor in how the matches were presented on Saturday. Who who made that decision? Is TJ Wilson going through a health issue that he can't be there? Why is he not there? That's what I'd like to know. Uh, Fit Finley, he's been a part of the women's division before. I think he's done a, a very good job from what I've read In the past, he's done uh, very well to handle the women's division in a way that it should be handled. One of the better minds there to uh, really guide them to where they need to be. So it's not most, it's not really coming down on him, but you know, obviously if Fit Finley was there, he could have absolutely used some people around him to really like the report said about Triple H, accentuate talents, make changes, give you those little moments to boost the overall presentation of the match. Maybe that's what Fit Finley was missing with TJ Wilson being out and not being there at the Royal Rumble. I don't know. And I said this on Saturday night when I did the post show. I honestly, and both both matches were terrible. Both matches were very, very just poorly booked. But if I had to choose one over the other, I'd actually take the women's match over the men's match. I don't know if that's saying much, but the women's Royal Rumble match was, to me, a smidgen more entertaining than the men's ones. The men's one was putting me to sleep. There was nothing exciting about it. There was nothing exciting about it. Do you want to know why the Royal Rumble sucked this year on top of all these reasons? Do you want to know why? One of the biggest factors in the Royal Rumble fucking being disgusting this year is the fact, and it's all catching up to them, and I love it. They'll never admit it, but it's all catching up to them. WWE, two reasons, two major fucking reasons why the Royal Rumble was god-awful this year. 
for both men and women. They don't have a roster of legitimate superstars. Roman Reigns, maybe Seth Rollins, maybe Seth Rollins. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I don't even put Drew McIntyre in that in that situation. Edge, Randy Orton, a handful of guys. That's it. Nobody else feels special. The, the, the fact of the matter is WWE has fucking failed to create and build big stars. They are so content with Roman Reigns and Lesnar being it, with Edge wrestling 25 dates a year or being there 25 dates a year, wrestling maybe four or five times a year, Randy Orton being there on a very slim schedule. They're okay with those names. What happens when those names aren't there anymore? What happens when Randy Orton wants to hang it up? What happens when Edge wants to go and finally retire? What happens when Roman Reigns doesn't want to do it anymore and he wants to pursue other interests in Hollywood? What happens when Brock Lesnar doesn't sign a new multi-year deal with WWE for X amount of money and he says, I don't want to do it anymore. I want to go back to Saskatchewan and hunt moose and fuck my wife. What happens when all of this snowballs down on WWE. They don't have any, any major stars. Big E is not a major star. The New Day are not major stars. Finn Balor is not a major star. AJ Styles, the way he's been booked, is not a major star. Matt Riddle's not a major star. There are no major names in the WWE for the fans to look at in this environment for the Royal Rumble. 30 fucking spots. There wasn't one outside of Brock Lesnar that gave you the, maybe AJ Styles, because I think everybody at this point wants AJ to win because he's been booked like shit. There hasn't been one fucking guy in that Royal Rumble. Wasn't one guy in that Royal Rumble outside of Brock Lesnar that gave you a legitimate feel that he could win it. Imagine sitting in St. Louis and watching 29 fucking buzzers go off And there's not one fucking guy that you could honestly look at and say, I think he's got a shot at winning the Royal Rumble. I think he is going to go and win the Royal Rumble. There wasn't one instance from me, anyone I know that has a fucking brain, or anybody that I know that watches me. You all know it. You felt it. You seen it. You all thought the same fucking thing. And if you don't, you're the fucking primary reason why this show refuses to fucking change. On top of that, everybody's sitting on their fucking hands, waiting. When Lesnar comes out, everybody knew he was going to win it. WWE gives you Bad Bunny. WWE gives you Johnny Knoxville. WWE gives you Shane McMahon. Three wasted fucking spots in the Royal Rumble. Johnny Knoxville got a bigger reaction than most of the active roster. Bad Bunny had a better performance in the Royal Rumble than AJ Styles. People are okay with this. People are okay with that. On top of the theme music, fucking being putrid. There's one thing I take great pride in. It's a musical ear. I know what sounds good from the opening fucking note. The theme music that WWE has fucking given us and created through Def Rebel is some of the worst music For a professional wrestling environment I have ever 
fucking heard. Awful. Absolutely awful. The only theme music that stuck out was Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles right from the top, and they were CFO money themes. When Nakamura's music hits, you know it's Nakamura. When AJ Styles' music hits, you know it's AJ Styles. When Matt Riddle's music hits, you know it's Matt Riddle. When the Street Profits' music hits, you know it's the Street Profits, the Usos. You know it's the Usos. These are all Def Rebel jams. Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Finn Balor, Sasha Banks has Snoop Dogg doing a remix of her original CFO Money theme, right? Everybody in that company got their theme music changed. Bianca Belair, you know Bianca, is coming out when her theme music hits. Brock Lesnar has a Jim Johnston fucking theme. They never changed his fucking theme. The only theme musics today in the current model of WWE that resonate, that are new, are Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. That's it. Everything else is an absolute fucking disgrace. Can you imagine being there in St. Louis and the buzzer goes off and outside of all those names, the Usos weren't even in the Royal Rumble. Prophets, Nakamura, AJ Styles, Matt Riddle, they were all in the Royal Rumble. Can you imagine, and then Lesnar, you include Lesnar, can you imagine outside those, all of the remaining participants coming down the aisle? Oh, who's that? I don't know who that is. Whose theme music is that? Oh, it's Dolph Ziggler because I seen his name on the fucking Titantron. Oh, it's Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler's theme song sound the fucking same. Shayna Baszler just recently got her theme music changed. Her CFO money theme was great. And they changed it to sound like some generic shit. I could pull off some fucking royalty-free copyright website and paste it into a fucking wrestling show. And then, boom, there you go. You got your generic theme. Nothing is identifiable. Nothing speaks to me as that being Shayna Baszler. Nothing. Can you imagine sitting in the fucking crowd listening to this for over an hour? And then they wonder why nobody's over. Theme music is probably in the top three most important things of getting somebody over. WWE has buried it to the bottom of the fucking list and nobody is ever going to get over. It is fucking awful. Everything about it is awful. I don't know what happened there with CFO money. Maybe they were asking for too much money. Maybe, maybe they had a rocky relationship with WWE because like usual, they overstepped their boundaries in the music studio and started ordering them around. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, if it was a money thing, clearly you now see how much fucking money they could be making and how much money I'd be paying them because their work was absolutely priceless. Nobody's ever going to be a Jim Johnston. But Jesus fucking Christ, give me some wrestlers with identity. I want to listen to somebody knowing that it's them. Or I want to listen to a theme knowing it's them. I don't want to have to think, well, I don't know if that's Dolph Ziggler, Bobby Roode, Liv Morgan, or fucking Dana Brooke. The fuck? That's why the Royal Rumble match sucked. On top of Shane sabotaging it to build it around himself. On top of Triple H not being there. When he very well could be there. The Royal Rumble was a fucking disgrace. An absolute shithole of WWE career. They should be fucking embarrassed. Absolutely embarrassed. 
Vince McMahon, not only did he kill the Royal Rumble with 20 changes in the week leading up to it, he changed the finish of Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and their Universal Championship match. The finish to Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble was changed by Vince McMahon, per Dave Meltzer. It was noted on Wrestling Observer Radio that Reigns was originally supposed to win the match and Rollins was supposed to be a part of the Royal Rumble match but those plans were scrapped. Of course they were. Meltzer says, and I quote, Seth Rollins was originally in the Rumble, which is another story. Meltzer went on to say, and I quote, I don't know if you've heard, but both Rumbles were changed over and over and over again. In fact, Seth's match with Roman was changed several times too. Essentially, the original finish was Roman Reigns. He was going to beat Seth Rollins. I don't know what was going to happen from there. The basic gist of the Rumble show was that Roman and Brock Lesnar is the big match this year at WrestleMania, and everything at the Royal Rumble was to accentuate that big match at WrestleMania. So both had to look really, really strong. End quote. When asked by Brian Alvarez why Roman didn't beat Rollins, Meltzer responded because Vince changed the finish because when the decision was made to do all those chair shots at the end, Vince thought that was too much to do to Seth Rollins to destroy him like that. Shane was really pushing for Rollins in the Rumble, but he did that beatdown. The feeling was after the beatdown that it would re- be really stupid to take that terrible beating and then go into the Royal Rumble. We- we've seen that before time and time and time again. So all of a sudden this year, it's different, right? Not that I really wanted Rollins in the Royal Rumble to begin with. I don't know if it would have boded well for Seth Rollins. The Rumble was a fucking disaster. Rollins wasn't in there. Great. People were complaining that Cesaro wasn't in there. Aren't you glad he missed it? Aren't you glad he missed it now looking back at what that rumble was? Finn Balor was in Dublin having a pint. That's where he was because he tweeted a picture of himself in Dublin outside a pub. Good for him, man. A fucking legend is Prince Devitt. Fergal. Great. It's exactly what I did. Finn Balor may be the luckiest man in the entire company having to be fucking where he is and not be in St. Louis. So... Roman Reigns needed to look strong. It would have been stupid for Rollins to go into the Royal Rumble after being beaten by Roman Reigns with all those chair shots. Meltzer said, and I quote, the feeling was that the chair shots were more devastating than the win, so they went with the chair shots, end quote. Meltzer and Alvarez noted how odd it was that Rollins was on Raw and basically no-sold the beating on Monday, yesterday, he took on Saturday from Roman Reigns. You know... I don't know what needed to change in the Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins match. By the way, uh, none of it, none of it is long-term booking. None of it is long-term booking. You got these fucking geeks on social media, right? All these geeks out there. They look at the smoke and mirrors WWE provides to them, and then they fucking engulf themselves in WWE's bullshit, and then they don't listen to anybody else's opinion on what long-term booking really is. I don't think long-term booking applies to Rollins and Reigns. You can't take eight years off in between and then cry long-term booking when they want to revisit a fucking chair shot that they did all those years ago when the Shield broke up. Uh, Are you taking into account the fucking 16 Shield reunions that they milked dry? Kurt Angle was even a fucking part of the goddamn Shield. Did you forget all those times that they reunited, right? Am I supposed to forget that with those terrible feuds with Baron Corbin and Dolph Ziggler and Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley, right? What am I supposed to forget? 
Now, that didn't happen, though, because it wasn't mentioned. Long-term booking my fucking asshole, you fucking morons. Long-term booking. It's the reason why I'm here and you, I'm sorry, you ain't growing, I wonder why, with shit fucking opinions like that. Knowledgeable, you are not. That's why people come here. WWE could have saved themselves a ton of trouble. WWE could have saved themselves a ton of trouble. Do you want to know how? Why did Roman Reigns need to intentionally get himself disqualified? It makes him look cheap. It makes him in the wee hours of this match, at the 11th hour, right? In the 11th hour, per se, I can't beat this guy. I'm going to choke him out and I'm going to save my title reign because of a DQ, of a technicality, right? Everybody wanted Rollins to win that match. Clearly, that was the wrong creative move. That was not the right move for WWE to make there. If WWE had one little thing to hang their hat on, they would have saved themselves a mighty embarrassment. Do you know what that is? You know, Brian Danielson and Adam Hangman Page did it, and everybody cried about it. Oh, a one-hour time limit. Right? What happened? We got a second match, another world title match that was better than the one-hour match, and a great story was told. A valiant effort was showcased, not only by Brian, but Paige, and Paige looked like a beast. The visual of both men bleeding over the biggest prize in the sport was a tremendous sight. And how did we get there? We got there via time limit, right? It went one hour. Time limits usually go 15 20, 30 minutes, we've seen Brian and Omega, right? At Grand Slam in September at the Arthur Ashe Stadium show. WWE would benefit. They might, they may not think so because it's passe. It's old school, right? WWE would benefit from time limits. This way, a time limit would have made Roman Reigns look strong. It would have made Seth Rollins look strong. In fact, In some circles, Rollins actually out-wrestled and outperformed Roman Reigns. So if it went the time limit, it would keep both guys looking strong, but it would also give Seth Rollins the advantage. And it would set up another rematch. Better than just a DQ. Reigns looks weak. No matter the chair shots, he looks like a desperate fool. I can't beat him, so I'm going to beat him after the match is over with these chair shots that I apparently owed him all these years ago, but also didn't mind the fucking 19 Shield reunions that happened after that. Give me a fucking break. Just as quick as you broke up, you got back 21 other fucking times. WWE would do so much better if we had time limit draws. There had to be another way to book that match, another way to book that match. You're not even going right to a rematch. You're not going right to a rematch. When does WWE care about someone losing? When? When? Reigns could have won. Rollins' performance spoke for itself. The fans wanted a fucking outcome. That's all they wanted. The booze at the end of that match were not because Roman Reigns was a heel. The boos were because I don't believe they gave us another disqualification ending. That's the reaction that came out of St. Louis.
Reigns could have easily won in that moment with him just reaching for the ropes and then his hand falling down. Would have been an epic, an epic scene, an epic visual. But what difference does it make who won the match? Roman Reigns was always going into WrestleMania as the WWE Universal Champion anyway. So, so why not? Rollins turned around 48 hours later and got himself into the chamber. You were going to put him in there whether he had a good performance or if he wrestled somebody on Monday night. So what difference does it make if he lost to Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble? You were going to fucking do what you wanted to do anyway, like you usually do. And most of the time, it doesn't make any sense. You didn't even make sense of Rollins winning the match by DQ as you showed up on Monday and chimed in that he's in the chamber because of his great performance against Roman Reigns. That's on SmackDown. The fuck does it have to do with Bobby Lashley and the WWE title and the Elimination Chamber. If you went out there and said Roman Reigns got himself disqualified and disobeyed WWE officials, I'm putting him in the Elimination Chamber because of that. That would have been a much better excuse. But WWE takes us to be fucking idiots. We got to fill in the logic gaps ourselves, and they feel like they don't need to explain Worry about it yourself. Work it out yourself. I want to hear it from you. I want to know why Rollins is in the chamber because of his performance. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. He won the match. He won the match. So how is it based on his fucking performance? Bunch of fucking idiots. They eat this shit up and they don't give a shit and don't ask questions. So Rollins' plans were scrapped in the Royal Rumble. Great. Great. He was supposed to be in the Royal Rumble. The main event saw Lesnar and Lashley, Lashley beating Lesnar to win the WWE title. Ringside News, which they reported earlier in this podcast and earlier this week about the Shane McMahon heat and him having nuclear heat backstage after destroying the Royal Rumble match. They also reports... Ringside News, they also report that talent were informed about plans for Lesnar to win the Rumble earlier in the day. So Rumble was always going to Lesnar. There was a rumor that Matt Riddle was going to win the Royal Rumble. I'll I'll talk about that in a second. So Lesnar was always in the plan to win the Royal Rumble. Shane McMahon was reportedly the lead rider, which we talked about. Per the report, Rollins was to compete at one point in the match following his Universal Championship against Roman Reigns. Uh, The reasons for those plans, I just went over because they didn't feel like it was a good deal to have Rollins beat down with those chair shots like he had been and then enter the Royal Rumble. So they just did the chair shots and did not include him in the Royal Rumble. Ringside News recently stated that there is a substantial amount of heat as well on Shane. Low morale. PW Insider is reporting that the morale is also low. They confirmed the report due to the number of changes made to the Royal Rumble. But always, always in the cards was Lesnar winning the Royal Rumble. That's seemingly the one thing that wasn't changed. Now, there were reports going out yesterday. And I I kind of wanted to believe them. And if they were legitimate, it probably would have been so much better off on television and probably at some point would have saved the Royal Rumble itself. Not by much, but it would have been a lot better than what we got. 
there were conflicting reports about Matt Riddle originally winning the Royal Rumble. Lesnar won the Royal Rumble. Ringside News was told by a tenured member of the creative team about the reports for Riddle possibly winning the Royal Rumble. They are not true. The writers were told at least two weeks prior to the Royal Rumble that the winner was going to be Brock Lesnar. Get us to that conclusion. The creative team was not told of the Brock Lesnar-Bobby Lashley finish, but they were told Brock was winning the 2022 Royal Rumble match. I I don't know how things work in the company. You don't want to tell them the outcome of the Lashley-Lesnar match, but then you want to tell them that Brock Lesnar is going to win the Royal Rumble? How could he win the Royal Rumble as WWE champion? I guess that's another one of those uh, situations where WWE gives you a conclusion for one thing, figure it out. We won't tell you, but you should know what the answer is. But I want to hear it from you. I don't know what the fuck you're doing or what you're thinking. For all we know, Lesnar beats Lashley and I got to book him to win the Royal Rumble. The right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. It's awful. So the Royal Rumble was always going to Brock Lesnar. Hopefully, Ringside News says that clears up any news and speculation that has been reported that Lesnar winning the 2022 Rumble match was a last-minute decision. It was not. Two weeks prior was the time given to Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble to win the Royal Rumble. Now, what I want to know, and I asked this question on Monday night, if he won the Royal Rumble, why is he getting another shot in the Elimination Chamber? It, it really it really sucks WWE doesn't expect people to expose this, but I will at every fucking chance I get. Brock Lesnar won the Royal Rumble. He's already cashed in his shot at Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, but here he is in the Elimination Chamber. Why? Why is he there? He doesn't need to be there. Oh, because he wants to make it title versus title. But he won the Royal Rumble and lost the WWE title. WWE didn't tell us anything. Nothing. He got fucked over by Paul Heyman. I'm putting him in the... WWE Elimination Chamber match for the title. They didn't tell us anything about that. They didn't even they didn't even hint at it. And the only reason why he's there is because it's Saudi and he needs to do something in Saudi Arabia, uh, Saudi Arabia for the big payday. But WWE didn't really tell you why he was there. They didn't make a storyline explanation as to why they're putting him in there. They're just putting him in there because because nothing was explained at all. Brock Lesnar, he pushed himself to be book strong in the Royal Rumble, as he should, right? If he's winning the thing, he should be coming in there and mauling everybody. Drew McIntyre plans were scrapped at the Royal Rumble. He was supposed to be in the match with Brock Lesnar a little bit longer than they were. Meltzer said there was a lot of heat on McMahon. He talked about it again, being one of the producers. And as far as everything else... Shane doesn't do front office work. He was there to help book the Royal Rumble in the past. He added, for whatever reason, Vince has allowed him to help and do the Royal Rumble the last couple of years, but it was him and many other people, and this one it was as well. But he really took charge and rubbed people the wrong way, evidently. The deal basically with the Rumble was Brock was to murder everybody, and that was it. That was probably Brock's call because it was kind of said to me that Brock was going to get exactly what he wanted, and that was to get himself as strong as possible for the Roman Reigns match. Everybody was supposed to get murdered by him, and they all did. But they were going to do stuff with Drew. They did want to protect Drew, 
but they were running low on time, as you could tell, and they had to rush to get off the air and everything like that, so they couldn't do as much. Maybe, I don't want to give Shane McMahon the benefit of that because I think all of us are fucking sick and tired of this, this notion that he butchered the Royal Rumble. Sick and tired of him. We don't really respect him anymore. I'm thinking, did, did Shane McMahon, knowing that Brock Lesnar was going to win, win the Royal Rumble, maybe maybe he, he was trying to aid in the situation. He didn't want to actively bury anybody or a younger talent or... You know, a Big E in there because Big E already dropped the title to Brock Lesnar day one. He didn't want to put any big, bigger name guys in the end of the Royal Rumble. So when Lesnar came out at number 30, I don't know who else he eliminated. I know he eliminated Bad Bunny. Uh, I know he eliminated Shane McMahon. He eliminated Drew McIntyre. Maybe, and again, I don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but maybe Shane McMahon booked the Royal Rumble the way that he did towards the end to kind of save the roster. If Lesnar was going to win, you know, Bad Bunny and myself were expendable as long as it's not uh, an AJ Styles. I'm not sure if Brock Lesnar eliminated AJ Styles or not. No, it was, uh, who eliminated AJ Styles? Uh, Madcap Moss, never mind. AJ wasn't even there. Should have been. But maybe he did it in a way to save everybody else on the roster and he used himself as a sacrifice and Bad Bunny as a sacrifice. Maybe I'm just thinking out loud. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I don't want to give him the benefit of the doubt because the Rumble match itself was fucking garbage. The Rumble match itself was fucking garbage. So, Lesnar was booked to be strong. And you clearly seen what happened. McIntyre, there was supposed to be a longer, drawn-out back and forth between Lesnar and McIntyre, being that they were in the Rumble match a couple years ago, and McIntyre eliminated Lesnar to get the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania that year. I'm glad that Brock... And Drew somewhat looked strong. You don't want either one of them looking weak, right? McIntyre had a decent showing in the Royal Rumble. But as far as what those two guys could have done together, I would have loved if we got some teases with McIntyre winning. I thought that would have went over well. But it was almost as quick as Lesnar came out. McIntyre was gone. They didn't do anything. He sidestepped a Claymore kick and then dumped him over the top rope with an F5. There was nothing there. Normally when it's down to the final two, there's some struggle. There's some back and forth. There's some teasing. There was no teasing here. It was, Lesnar's going to win, and he dumped them out as easy as anybody. I wish we would have seen more. And this is why Triple H would have been important. He gets those, those moments, right? He gets those spots. Something like that should have been cared for and nurtured and really meticulously been booked to really make the Rumble special, the ending of the Rumble special. Everybody at that point was just sick and tired. Here we go. Rousey won. Lesnar won. There's nobody new. We want something new. We want something fresh. And WWE failed to give you that. It's awful. Everything about this entire rumble and all the news that came out has just been, it's tragic. It really is tragic. Kofi Kingston addresses negative comments about his accidental Royal Rumble elimination. Kofi Kingston's traditional near-elimination spot didn't go as planned as he accidentally botched his spot this year in the men's Rumble match. He went for a springboard move, was pushed off, and tried to land on the ringside barricade. However, both feet ended up hitting the floor. Since the moment was clearly caught on camera, WWE called it as a shoot, and Kofi was officially eliminated from the match. Kofi issued a statement on Instagram regarding the spot and the negativity that he received. And I quote, The past couple of days on social media... I've gotten a lot of, why would you think that's even possible? 
And why would you even try that? The answer to that question is quite easy. Because of the potential reward. What if you were to succeed in overcoming what is deemed impossible? The sense of accomplishment felt when you beat the odds and brazenly defy the possibilities is pure ecstatic. Or purely ecstatic. People's questions then morph into, how in the world did you do that? And I never thought that would be possible. But alas, it was not to be this time. However, in failure, there is also a reward. One of, the me- one of that may be more valuable than success. The reward is self-learning and growth, true strength. Failure forces you to take a look within and learn about yourself. Do you mope around and sulk? Do you hide and feel sorry for yourself? Maybe for a little while. I think that's natural. But then you use those emotions as a catalyst to push yourself and drive yourself to be better. The castles of success are built in part from keystones of failure. Anyway, this isn't a cry for a sympathetic message in the comments or anything. LOL. Yes, it is. If you add LOL, yeah, yeah, it is. I just saw this as a great opportunity to encourage people out there who might be on the fence about trying something because it's too risky or because they are afraid. Push yourself to try, and even when you know the risks. In my case, all of the possible risks became a reality. Physical injury, the emotional weight of letting people down, by literally falling short on delivering their expectations, the risk of being laughed at and ridiculed for deciding to try the impossible, and still, if given another chance in choosing whether or not to make the attempt, I'd change nothing. No guts, no glory, no risk it, no biscuit, no pressure, no diamonds. You got to bet it to get it. All the quotes. Many great rewards come to those who push the limits, end quote. Very inspirational by Kofi Kingston. I'm here to say, I'm here to say as a fan, I think the spot is tired and boring. I really do. Just like a Shane McMahon match at WrestleMania. It's tired, it's formulaic, it's boring. We don't want to see it anymore. The Rumble does not need depth-defying stunts like that, okay? We've seen every iteration of Kofi Kingston defying the odds and defying the limits and taking a risk, okay? He didn't need to do that this year. It's a gimmick that got tired a very long time ago. And this one was just as ridiculous as anything he's attempted in the past. I don't know why he attempted to fly off the fucking barricade at the height and the speed that he did, knowing that he was not going to be able to make it. His face would have probably been in somebody's fucking french fries at that point. That's how far into the crowd he probably needed to be to keep his feet off the ground. It was a failed attempt and an embarrassing one at that because... Whatever plans that he had in the Royal Rumble with Big E, not only did you ruin plans for yourself, but you ruined plans for your tag team partner. I don't know why we need to do it because it's a traditional Royal Rumble thing that's been happening for the last 10 years. Who gives a shit? Now you see the risks, the consequences that come from those risks. He made made himself to look like a fucking idiot on pay-per-view. Enough with the fucking games. Enough with the bullshit. Enough with the comedy. The Royal Rumble was a fucking comedy show in itself. We didn't need any more. This only added to why the fucking match was terrible. Ever since that logo went on fire, man, things just went downhill for the rest of the show. I wonder if it really is a symbolic meaning of what is to come this WrestleMania season. And Ronda Rousey on fan reaction at the Royal Rumble. She was interviewed exclusively after the show was over. She says, expect me to not fall for it this time. What does she mean? You fell for WWE's fucking desperate cries to 
get ratings and pay you. So clearly you fell for something. During her Royal Rumble post-show interview, Ronda Rousey was asked for her reaction to the big moment at the Royal Rumble. Ronda Rousey responded, I'm going to go back to my bus and love on my little baby. And that's really the only thing I care about right now. My priorities changed. So why the fuck are you here? If your priorities changed, why are you here? Oh, that's right, because there was money involved that you you could not turn down whatsoever, even though you don't want to be here. Did you guys see Ronda Rousey on Monday Night Raw? It's almost as if she had this lifeless look on her face, completely disinterested in being on the show. It looked like she did not even give a single shit. Oh, I will be talking about Ronda Rousey on Thursday's episode of the podcast. You don't want to miss that either. I got a lot to say about Becky and Charlotte and Ronda and why this is all going to be a colossal fucking failure going into WrestleMania. If last night's Raw was any indication about what we're in for, my God, you can fucking keep it. WWE's already piping in crowd noise for Ronda Rousey. You heard that fake crowd noise from WWE in Ronda Rousey's segment? If you already got a pipe in fucking crowd chants for Ronda Rousey and cheers for Ronda Rousey, this is going to be a very, very long WrestleMania season. When asked what fans should expect from her, Rousey said, it was quite a reaction tonight, and you can expect me not to fall for it this time. I'll see you guys on Monday. Ronda Rousey was booed by a portion of the WWE fans at shows during the final months of her previous run. I don't know if somebody passed her the memo. Isn't Becky Lynch big-time cringe a heel? So if you're not falling for the fans this time around, it sounds like Ronda wants to be the heel in this program. And certainly if she's feuding with Charlotte Flair, you got two women that fans just don't like, and that spells disaster. I wonder who they're going to add to make it a triple threat match this year because Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey will ultimately fail at building maximum peak interest in the program that they're forcing down our throats all because Charlotte Flair wanted a fucking match with Ronda Rousey because of her own personal gain and agenda. Who are you going to add to the match to make it a better match this year because Charlotte and Ronda can't get the job done? Who are you going to add, Oscar? You're going to add Sasha? You're going to add Bianca to it? How about Bailey? Which one of these fine women are you going to add to fix your fucking disinteresting mess? That's what I want to know. Nobody gives a shit about Charlotte Flair and Ronda fucking Rousey. Give me a break. That match may be the bathroom break of night one. I'm getting out of here. Thank you guys very much for all your support. If you did enjoy this video, a thousand likes minimum on today's OTS. Make sure you guys go and check that out uh, on the Monday Night Raw side, Monday Night Raw post show, Royal Rumble post show. That's all on the homepage. Go and check all that stuff out. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram. And make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below and subscribe for all the latest and greatest in WWE, AEW, news and rumors, and live stream post shows right here on Off The Script. Guys, I may be live for NXT tonight. I'm not really sure. I want to see what's on the show before I set up the stream. If you don't see me, don't be surprised. And if you don't see me, I will be back on Wednesday with Jesse. Big, big night, man. Dynamite, MJF, Punk, the match. Match of the year, possibly. We will see what's going on Wednesday right here in the venue for AEW Dynamite. Until then, guys, have a great Tuesday, and I'll see you live in the venue for MJF and CM Punk right here on Off The Script. We'll see you guys later.
your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.